Welcome to the All Things Hollywood Show with your host, Travis Cody, where you will learn from the top entertainers and filmmakers in the world to get the real scoop on what goes on behind the scenes in Hollywood. Not just another cliche Hollywood gossip show. On each episode, you will discover the rarely revealed secrets to Hollywood from the insiders, moguls, and movie stars that actually make show business run. And now, here's your host, Travis Cody. Welcome to another episode of All Things Hollywood. This is actually going to be the end of season one. You know, when I started the show, originally the intention was to help people who were not necessarily part of the film industry or who were up and coming in the film industry to understand how it really works, what goes on behind the scenes, what's involved in producing, what's it take to actually get a script made, what's it take to get a TV show made, all of those sort of things. And the first few episodes uh, got a little excited about just some of the news that was going on. And as you know, at this point in time, uh, the, this first season has been a bit of a rant about some of the things I perceive in Hollywood that could be improved. So we're going to end on a undiscussed topic in Hollywood for this episode, and then starting in season two, we will be getting into my Hollywood 101 series, where we're going to finally delve into, you know, if you want a career in film and entertainment, what does it actually take? So we'll talk about the things that you should do before you ever move to L.A., things you should look at before you get there, what to do once you get there, uh, the path that you can take. Uh, depending on what you want to do. Most people go to L.A. as an actor or want to be an actor, but there are quite a few people that want to do directing, screenwriting, and producing, and nobody ever really talks about what the heck you do to try to break into those. With actors, it's easy. You go to town, you get an agent, and then you just start trying to get into people's projects. It's a little bit different process for writers, directors, and producers, so we'll get into all of that. And in season three, I'm going to start interviewing people that have had phenomenal film careers. We're going to go all the way back into the golden age of Hollywood and interview Academy Award nominees and winners from the 50s, 60s, 70s to talk about the way Hollywood was when it was at its peak. And obviously with the award season coming up here, we're going to be grabbing as many Academy Award nominees as we can and start delving in there and talking about their process. We're very excited about the road ahead. So today, let's like to end season one with talking about the downside of fame. It's not something that too many people talk about. And in fact, I believe the majority of the public believes that there is no downside of fame. Everybody, you know, mo most people I talk to uh, would love to be what they call rich and famous. In fact, there was a TV show over the longest time, The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, because there's this myth that if you're famous, then you have all of this money and you can pretty much do whatever you want and that life is grand and that you get shown into whatever restaurant you want and you don't have to wait in line for anything and that life is just all sunshine and rainbows. And it's not. It is not. And... Most people would say they would willingly give up their privacy if it meant having, you know, $40 million in the bank. But once you get there, it uh, is not so great, you know, and especially for people who uh, start in the industry because they are truly artists. I'm talking about people like Steven Spielberg, who uh, famously had a man stalk him and uh, try to break into his house several different times. So... 
that is not a fun part of fame. In fact, my very first book, which is called Celebrity Rules, was written specifically for this scenario. It was written to help fans have a, some guidelines, some rules, if you will, for when they meet or if they ever meet their favorite celebrity. Because most people, when they meet somebody famous, are, uh, this is not going to be politically correct, but they're just freaking idiots. And the sort of the inciting incident for what caused me to write the first book was I was in Venice Beach, California, and... Somebody by the name of Dustin Diamond. Most people don't even know who that was, but he played a character named Screech on Saved by the Bell back in the 90s. Anyway, he walked into this little, I mean, it was really just a little gift shop. And there was two girls there, and one girl turned around and saw him and got a shocked look on her face and then literally just started screaming hysterically. I mean, screaming, and he's looking around and then notices she, she's staring at him, and he's all awkward, and he's like, ah, oh, crap, crazy person, and he leaves, and he leaves, and then this girl, she breaks down and just starts sobbing, crying, and her friend is like, what is wrong with you, and why are you crying? I just wanted to get his autograph, and I just remembered it, just, I was, I was walking down the beach after that, I just, in my head, I'm like, in, in what world does screaming hysterically translate into, hey, let's be friends? In no world whatsoever. And so, you know, if you want to have a good encounter with somebody who's famous, there's, you know, there's just a few simple courtesies that you should follow. If somebody is at a restaurant eating food, don't go up and ask for an autograph or a picture, especially a picture if they're at a restaurant. That's the most, like, just disrespectful thing that you could do. Why? Because they're eating. They may have food in their teeth and you get a picture of them smiling and they got spinach on their teeth and then you turn around and you sell it to TMZ and then that picture's everywhere and them looking like an idiot. So just leave them alone if they're at a restaurant. It's fine if you're walking by them and you say, I really love your work. I'm looking forward to your next movie. And move on. Don't stop and linger. Don't hand them a piece of paper to sign. Don't ask for a picture. Just acknowledge that you appreciate them. If they're out and about and they're with their family, and for the love of God, if they're with their children, don't approach them. Leave them alone. Just put yourself in their shoes. If you have two young children and they're under the age of 10... And some strange person suddenly comes running up to you and is screaming and acting all crazy. Like, how are you going to feel? Are you going to feel safe? No, they don't either. So leave them alone. Now, you meet a celebrity at a sporting event or at a club or at a bar. Awesome. That's a public place. Go up and, and have a conversation with them. But be aware of the clues. If they keep looking at their watch, if they're looking over their shoulder and it looks like they're not paying attention to you in the back of your brain, you're like, man, I got to say something because not paying attention to me. No, the correct procedure is to walk away. They're not paying attention to you because they're trying to give you a subtle clue to leave them alone. All right, ran over. If you want to know what the actual rules are, there's 10 of them, uh, you can, I'll just give you a copy of my book, Celebrity Rules. Go to allthingshollywoodshow.com. At the very top, there's a big banner that says, hey, get a free PDF version of the book here. Click on that, uh, enter your email, and you'll get a link 
that'll let you download that. So there you go. That, and then I, I just babbled for six minutes and something you could have just kind of gotten the book. Uh, so what do we mean by about the downside of fame? Well, if you didn't get it from those things that I just talked about, you know, being out with your family and, and strange people hassling you, that's kind of a downside. But there's a downside in that you your life shifts depending on how famous that you get. And, you know, I remember when uh, Tom Cruise famously jumped up and down on the couch on Oprah Winfrey and, you know, was declaring that he was in love. And, man, all my friends in Hollywood are like, oh, Tom Cruise has lost it. He's a crazy man. And like, Who would ever do that? And, and I'm going, man, what woman in the world wouldn't want their man – to get on Oprah Winfrey and jump up and down and say that they love them. I mean, I, you know, this seems like a pretty romantic thing to me. But they were not stopping to take into account that Tom Cruise hasn't had a normal life since he was 21 or 22. I mean, Risky Business came out, and that was it. And there's been several interviews where uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, actually, who produced Top Gun, talked about how after Top Gun came out, they they just wanted to go out to a movie, and he kept Tom Cruise talking about how tough his life was, and, and Jerry Bruckheimer was like, this is a you know, arrogant actor, and blah, blah, Anyway, they came out of the movie theater, and they're walking down the street, and he said they heard uh, somebody go, oh my God, Tom Cruise! And he turns around, and there was like just a rush of like 20 people running at them. And he said, it looked like a mob, and Tom just looks at me and says, run! And he's like, and they ended up running for three blocks, and they, were hi- they ended up hiding in a parking lot and Jerry Bruckheimer said I, I was literally terrified for my life and he's like and in that moment I realized I would never ever want to be a famous actor because that sometimes is the way it is people are getting a little more cool nowadays thank, thankfully to social media uh, but in some cases you, you do get that and um, so about my friends argued with me saying no no way like it doesn't matter how rich or famous that you get you should never be an idiot and you should always be in touch and you can always I don't care how famous I get and how much money I have I'll always be humble and remember my roots well you can't say that until you're there because when you get on that side of the door life is entirely different so case in point two weeks later my friend who I, we had this argument with, he called me back and he said, hey man, I, I need to apologize. Uh, all right, apologize about what? Uh, about our conversation with, about Tom Cruise. Uh, why do you say that? So my friend worked as a valet driver at a uh, fairly prominent hotel in Hollywood. And he said, yeah, I was working today. And about two o'clock, two SUVs came in with a security detail. And our manager came out and said, hey, just so you know, we've got a VIP coming in tonight. And they've got a security detail that has to come in and sweep the hotel. That was at 3. About 4 o'clock, paparazzi started showing up and started blocking the street. By 6 o'clock, there were so many paparazzi photographers that they literally blocked the entire street and created a gridlock. Cops were coming, trying to get them to move. They were fighting with the cops. They were... People were trying to r- literally run them over, and they were kicking cars, and people getting out cars and punching. They, there were so many. They literally blocked off two-lane roads, so traffic couldn't even go by. And it was Sunset Boulevard, which is one of the busiest boulevards that there were. And he's just trying to figure out what's going on. Well, at 7 o'clock, three SUVs come in. One, two, three, and security gets out, and then, then they open the doors in the middle of the, the middle SUV, and out st- uh, steps Tom Cruise and the Beckhams. And that was it. Like all of that. And he said, man, Tom Cruise just wanted to have dinner with his friends. And it took having to send a security detail 
hours before they got there, having to have two security teams come in. And then, of course, uh, the reason all the paparazzi showed up is most likely because someone at the hotel found out what was going on. And there's this little thing in the uh, industry where paparazzi photographers will actually pay people off. And depending on how big the celebrity is, you could stand to make $500, $600 just by calling a photographer and saying, hey, Tom Cruise is coming in with the Beckhams because that's a pretty big deal. You get a picture of Tom Cruise and the Beckhams, you could sell that to a tabloid for quite a bit of money. And so he apologized because he said, and, and you know, that's the world that Tom Cruise lives in. He he can't just get in his car, jump down the street, and then go meet up with, uh, you know, the Beckhams for dinner. Like, this is what it takes for him to have dinner every single time. And uh, I happened to be, do some work with uh, Paula Abdul back when she was kind of at the peak with uh, American Idol. And we had a conversation, and it put together a lot of things for me in regard to uh, some of my other celebrity friends that I have. Because uh, there's a couple of uh, actresses, female actors, that I know who were uh, on the A-list for a while. And I always had the sense that they were a little bit, you know, they were just like a little bit lonely. And I had this conversation with Paula, and she was talking about kind of her career. And she was saying, you know, I, I grew up here in L.A. I was a cheerleader. I became a Laker girl, and it was a lot of fun, and I was having a great time. And then just kind of out of nowhere, some guy comes up and says, hey, let me produce a record for you. And so she produced this record, and before I know it, the thing's gone platinum. And now I'm like this huge music, and I'm like traveling all over the world, and I'm selling out stadiums. And... And she said, life was just crazy. And she's like, when that happened, I started to get all of these invitations from people in Hollywood to parties and whatnot. And I didn't really want anything to do with the industry. I, you know, I grew up around it and I knew a lot of people. I, didn't, I just, I wanted to keep my friends. I wanted to keep my people, the kid, the people that I'd grown up with. And so I just said no to all the, the invitations and, and I was traveling. And she said, but what ended up happening was that, and what... I didn't realize at the time is that, and this is very true, by the way, a little side note but Travis, uh, when you start to pop into certain levels of fame, this door gets opened to you because when you become famous, life changes and not all of the friends that you have are going to be able to handle the transition with you. And there's there's some exceptions to this, but for a lot of people, they end up having to get entirely new friends because... Especially in a cutthroat industry, if you happen to have a lot of friends who are actors and you start to do really well with uh, your acting career and you pop up on maybe a TV show or you pop up in a big, a big movie and your acting career starts to go off, some of your friends are going to be cool with that and some of your friends are you're going to find out were not really your friends because they're going to be so jealous They'll start trash talk. I've had it happen in my career. I've seen it happen to a couple of other friends. And again, I'm speaking in generalities. It doesn't happen all of the time. Obviously, you know, Denzel Washington talks about the fact that he's, he doesn't have any famous friends. He just has the same friends he's had his whole life. And George Clooney manages to kind of do both. But on the whole, at certain levels, when you're just getting started, you do need to create a new social circle. And it goes back to that whole adage, you know, you, your net worth is the sum average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. And so if you're an actor spending all your time with broke actors and then your career starts to take off, well, you start ending up being introduced to a lot of really successful actors. And so you just naturally start to hang out with them. Anyway, Paula was talking about how she decided not to kind of engage in that because she just didn't feel like that was her scene. And But what ended up happening is... After her second tour, she came home and like she's trying to get together with her friends and no one's returning her phone call and she couldn't figure out what's going on. 
So finally, she has uh, tracks one of her friends down. What is going on? And her friend was like, well, now that you're famous, you're just too good for us. And so we don't want to hang out with you. And she's like, what do you, what do you mean I'm too good for you? Like, well, you haven't returned anybody's phone calls in like six months. I've been in Asia for eight months. And two months before that, I was in Europe. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not returning phone calls. I've been traveling for work. Yeah, see, you're just too good for us. So all of her friends literally just kind of dropped her and they didn't want to hang out with her because they felt like she was too good. And the thing is, is if you're not in the industry, you don't understand that sometimes you're going to disappear. Like if you're working on a big budget movie, a $250 million movie, and you're the main actor, you're not going to be home for six or seven months and you're going to be home for a month or two and then a few months after that, you're going to start doing the publicity tour and you're going to be gone for another two or three months doing publicity. And, you know, that's not normal in a regular job. So when you're working all the time uh, at a nine to five, the idea of like, I have to be out of town for nine months, like it's really foreign to you. And so what ended up happening is the door had kind of closed for her and then now she didn't have any of her friends. And so this is the thing that really got me. She said, you know, Travis, so... You know, here I am, I've got this, I've had this amazing career as an actor and a dancer and a musician, and now here I am, I'm, you know, one of the judges on the number one show in the world, and I'm making really great money, and, and I have this phenomenal life. And, and she's like, but what people don't see is at the end of the day, when we get done with all the things that I'm doing, I go home and I have to fight my way through, uh, you know, 25 paparazzi photographers trying to take my picture outside my gate, and then I go home where I'm all alone. And that really dawned on me, some of the other friends that I had that were single, and it was sort of that same thing. There, there, there was this underlying sort of sense of loneliness because when you do become famous, that is a very real thing. Is someone liking you because of you, who you really are, or are they liking you because of uh, the fact that you're famous? And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of famous people end up dating and marrying other famous people because they know that they're not there because of that person's fame or money because they have the same amount of money or fame themselves. And so there is that there is a dark side to being famous. You don't have a lot of privacy. And it's not that you don't just have a lot of privacy. It's like you have this whole industry of just ginormous assholes that are trying to purposely provoke you and make you angry or do something stupid because they've got a camera on you the whole time and if they can get you to lash out at them, well now they can edit that, take that 30 seconds of you screaming at them and throwing something and now that's splashed all over TMZ. Look at how crazy Travis is. Uh, The guy's got a massive anger problem and then that paparazzi person is probably gonna sue you for assault because you threw a bottle at him when in reality you've just had 12 hours of some guy in your face with a camera calling you the worst possible names you can think of, calling your significant other the worst possible name you can think of, calling your mother the worst possible. And I'm not exaggerating. This is the way a lot of them are. Uh, George Clooney famously uh, had one of his relationships revealed when he crashed on a motorcycle and he broke his leg. And about... A month later, two months later, he was on a motorcycle again and a paparazzi photographer in a van got in front of George Clooney and then slammed on his brakes purposely trying to get George Clooney to crash into the van so that he could jump out and take a picture and say, look, George Clooney sucks on a motorcycle. He just crashed again. Purposely tried to do that. Now, in my, I'm working on a second book for the celebrity culture and I, I think that that is, it's just bullshit that that is 
allowed to happen and that people can do it. And there needs to be some serious consequences for people that do this stuff. Fortunately, California has taken some steps to really kind of help some of the privacy issue. Up until the early 2000s, it was totally fine for a paparazzi to climb into your backyard and take a picture of you through the window naked, and there was nothing you could do about it. Now there's laws against that stuff. But all of this to say that being famous isn't always all that it's cracked up to be. There is some amazing perks to it. The money certainly helps. And if you talk to most people who are famous, they were saying that the reason they get paid so much is because of the fact that they don't have as much privacy. That's They're compensated for the fact that you do kind of have to live in this tiny little bubble and it's really difficult to live a normal life anymore. And I think that's fair enough. Love to see what you feel about those comments. And, you know, what do you feel about fame? Do you want to be famous? If so, why? And is there anybody that is famous that you absolutely love because they, for the most part, have been able to maintain a sort of regular Joe lifestyle? That's the end of season one. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you in season two where we start our Hollywood 101 series. We're about to go deep, so stay tuned. Hey, it's Travis Cody. I want to thank you for listening to the All Things Hollywood Show, and I want to make sure you're plugged into everything we're doing on a daily basis. Go to allthingshollywoodshow.com and join the email list so you can get notifications when new episodes come out, plus get links to the transcripts of every show we've done in the past. You can also grab a free copy of my best-selling book, Celebrity Rules, which shares even more details on the world of Hollywood and celebrities and what you can do to prepare for the day you meet one. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate if you will leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.